I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the the Shameless Sex Revolution. Don't forget to head on over to our website, shamelesssex.com, for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Shameless Sex Podcast Day 90 million in shelter in place. Dun, dun, dun. I know. How, I don't even know how many days it's been. It's three months, maybe. I think it's officially two since mid-March when it was really the lockdown, but it feels longer. It does feel longer. It really does. I know. We're finally making our way out eventually, kind of, sort of. Things feel a little bit lighter over here. I wonder how it is for all y'all out there. I know it's different everywhere. We are, or you are, we, you know, we are you, you are us. We're all the same. We are one. We are one. We are the world. We are the world. Okay, I'll stop, but April actually has a pretty voice. April, you can keep singing. Um, This podcast is with Ian Kerner, PhD, author of She Comes First and many other books as well. He has an interesting story in here about his own journey, talks about ejaculatory control issues and his inspiration in learning more about how to please the pussy. It's a fun episode. Uh, Chip, you want to do a sex question? I always love sex questions for sure. All right. Here I is a sex it. question. I'm very serious today, Amy. All right. Me too. This quest, sex question it's has serious. the word pussy in it. So um, yeah, yeah it, it's going to be fun. Bound to be fun. I am a cis woman in my mid 40s and I have been in a new lesbian relationship for the past month. The newness and excitement is out of this world. However, it isn't very often that she returns the favor. Sometimes I get so turned on by pleasing her that I'm not even upset that she doesn't do anything to me. Sometimes it also doesn't feel good when she touches me, like I am so sensitive it kind of burns. Or I want it hard or soft and I just can't seem to figure out what I want. Or if she goes down on me, then I'm paranoid I smell or taste weird. And this is totally from my first relationship where my past partner commented on this. I'm just curious, is it possible to get off from just eating pussy? Uh, We're getting my pussy eaten. I mean, I have had some major orgasms before, but it seems like lately they just haven't been big or existing. Please help. Also, in this next question that's not here, she calls herself straight curious and proud of it because in between her two lesbian relationships, she actually decided to explore the D. Uh, She just got this like, I need to try some D and tried out some D. And so she also asked this question in here. She says, is this Am I being affected by this? Is this because I tried a man and now it's all different in terms of her response to pleasure? What comes to mind here, one, there's this insecurity that comes up. Do I smell or taste weird? So there's some shame based on her first relationship. Um, Also in that email, it was a long email, so we cut it, but it was a 25-year relationship that ended up becoming sexless. Pleasure was not very much reciprocated in that relationship as well. So it sounds like there's just some cleanup in terms of some past hurt there. Um, And that's something I would share with a partner, like to let them know, hey, 
know, when you go down on me, this is nothing about you. I just, I get in my head because I have this story that I don't smell or taste good because a past partner told me that. If you think I smell or taste good, can you, you know, give me some reassurance and let me know like the more the merrier because that will really help me. That's why I'm a huge fan of when people are going down and people, whether it's penises or pussies or all the in-betweens, you let them know. Um, I love the way you taste. I love the way you smell. Your pussy's so beautiful. I fucking love your pussy. I just want to eat it all day. You know, things like that to help the person relax and feel good in their body. I'm curious how this is affecting too. This is, to me, I'm reading a lot of headiness. Sometimes I want it hard. I want it soft. I can't seem to figure out what I want. And I'm having a hard time receiving, experiencing pleasure. Um, and so I'm curious about you know, more slowing down, less pressure on having an orgasm, less pressure on the goals and more, uh, more emphasis on just being present for all the sensations Those, that comes to mind. And there's the question of, do people just orgasm from just having their pussy in? Yes. Yes, they do. I'm someone where that's not my main way to have an orgasm. It's actually kind of hard for me just a mouth on my pussy. I usually need fingers as well, like some pressure and things. So everyone's different, um, but it is possible. I, when I was reading this question, she had said she was only in the relationship for about a month. And so obviously, the, and the newness is really fresh and exciting. And it sounds like maybe they're just starting to discover each other's body each other's bodies and she's enjoying being the the giver in a lot of senses and i think the communication piece is largely going to help the situation especially if she mm-hmm. says it kind of burns or it's not the way she likes to be touched it's too soft or too hard but she can't figure it out and it's going to be an experiment because this partner, this current partner that you're with, isn't your past 25 year relationship. It's not the the two uh, you know experiences that you had with penis owners. So you're going to have to communicate. And I don't think that uh, each person out there, like sometimes you expect a new relationship to have like all of this burning passion and and the sex is going to be like out of this world. Sometimes it, it is, and sometimes it's uh, less so. And so I think just slipping in if you really like this new relationship and this new partnership, as Amy mentioned, kind of tap into figuring out each other's bodies and what you are enjoying and try some new things too. Maybe incorporate some toys into your play. Maybe you'll find that that's really exciting or strap on play, or there's a lot of options out there. If something isn't quite feeling like you want it to, uh, just keep trying and, and communicating outside of the bedroom. Remember, not when you're in the heat of the moment, but do it after a playtime or before you're planning to play and kind of say, hey, I, I got this new toy. Do you want to check it out? And uh, yeah, some people do get off from eating pussy, as Amy said. I have before and it doesn't happen that often, but a lot of folks can. A lot of people, it's their go-to. They're the only, It's like one of the only ways that they can have an orgasm. Again, it just shows how different we all are, whether it's conditioning from first sexual experience or nerve endings in the shapes and, and sizes of our, you know, our pussies and where our clitoris is lo- located. Like everyone is different, but I like what you said, April there. It really just looks like communication. Like I'm curious in that 25 year relationship, how much did you two communicate? How much practice do you have actually speaking up about what you want and need? And it sounds like, you know, there's past shame. So maybe you're fearful of doing that. Um, but these are things to share, you know, share that when she's touching you and that it burns, don't say, oh, that burns. But you can say, hey, can we press pause for a minute? I'm starting to feel some kind of some sensations in my body that are a little uncomfortable. And or can we slow down a little bit or can we add more lube or just take a moment so I can feel what's going on because I'm a little confused 
Um, or right now I want it soft. Oh wait, now I want it hard. Ah, this is really confusing, but sharing really sharing the parent, the paranoia about your taste and smell, sharing what it is that you want, sharing that you, obviously you're feeling like you go down on her and pleasure her uh, more often than she does for you and that you would like more of that. And you can say that all in a loving way. So it's probably just more practice on, on sharing on your end. And that will all get easier the more you do it. Just probably out of practice as so many people are. Well, that was an awesome question. Thank you, listener, for being vulnerable and open and for uh, sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Straight curious and proud of it. Straight curious. I like that. All right. Should we read Ian's bio, Amy? Yes, please. All right. Here we go. Ian Kerner, PhD, LMFT, which is Licensed Marriage and Family Therapist, is a nationally recognized sex counselor and New York Times bestselling author of numerous books, including She Comes First, which has been translated into more than a dozen languages and is considered a classic in the genre. Ian is regularly quoted as an expert in various media with recent features in The Atlantic, The Economist, and NPR, amongst others, and he contributes regularly to CNN. He is the co-director of the Sex Therapy Program at the Institute of Contemporary Psychotherapy. Ian was born and raised in NYC, yeah, (laughs) where he lives with his wife and two sons and their dogs, Oscar and Jitterbug. (laughs) Esther Perel has said of him... Dr. Ian Kerner is one of the most recognizable voices in clinical sex therapy. To learn more, visit iankerner.com. I really wish I would have practiced my Esther Perel voice so I could have said that quote in her beautiful voice, but she has such a lovely accent. She does. That's a huge compliment. That is massive. That makes me very excited to to read and and that Ian got that cred. All right. So... As I said, to learn more, go to iankerner.com. But first. You all know how particular we are about what we swallow. Get your head out of the gutter. We are talking about vitamins here. When it comes to vitamins, we are huge fans of Ritual. Ritual makes vitamins for women using high quality ingredients from reputable sources. Not only did they choose the most essential ingredients we need from our vitamins, but they also did extensive research so you know you're putting only the best in your body. I'm usually super sensitive to the type of vitamins I take. Well, except that vitamin D. But Ritual uses time-release capsules, so I never get nauseous even on an empty stomach. You want your multivitamins to be as awesome as you are, and daily changes can really lead to big results. So why not try Ritual right now? And Shameless Sex listeners get 10% off your first three months. Just go to ritual.com slash shameless sex to start your ritual today. That's 10% off your first three months by going to ritual.com slash shameless sex. All right, let's get back to the show. All right, everyone, it is episode time. Once again, we are very excited about this topic. I'm sure a lot of you are very excited about this topic. Um, So you all heard, if you listen to us regularly, April and I got our start working in the sex toy industry at Pure Pleasure Shop uh, that I co-own with my mom. But now uh, we sold the retail store. Thank goodness. Um, and now we just have the online store, purepleasureshop.com. Still going. If you want to get your sex toys, you get 15% off with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX. And we used to and still do carry this book, She Comes First. Um, Ian Kerner, PhD, has also done other work. This isn't the only book that Ian has published. Um, but this one I remember reading in like 2008. And I was like, yes, 
I am resonating with this. Can we have everyone read this? Every every penis owning individual that is uh, is loving the the vul- on the vulvas, maybe you all can read this. Um, so a lot of really viable information here, and we'll talk about other stuff too. But Ian, if you could start, we always start the kind of same question. If you can tell our listeners how you got to where you are today in the realm in therapy, and also writing the book, she comes first. Yeah. So today I'm a psychotherapist here in New York City. I see a lot of patients every week. Uh, Lately, it's been remotely, obviously. I also uh, teach and supervise other therapists in the area of sex therapy, and I continue to to write and, and publish books. And, you know, my journey into becoming a sex therapist really began with my own um, struggles with sexual dysfunction. Um, I suffered from premature ejaculation pretty badly. And uh, as a young guy, uh, turns out, you know, today I have a lot of information. We know that PE is probably the most common sexual problem uh, that men deal with, even more so than uh, erectile impairment. You know, back then, I think I was sort of just living in a vacuum. It was kind of pre-internet, pre-men's health, you know, pre-anything except really reading like the Kinsey Report, which is like a really technical book. And so I really um, struggled with feeling sort of um, just sexually out of place that um, I couldn't uh, pleasure my partners in the way that I wanted to. And I got really depressed about it and pretty withdrawn. And then as I was starting to research how to overcome early ejaculation, I really started learning a lot about um, female sexuality and the female body, and particularly um, the clitoris and the power, and that the clitoris is the powerhouse of the female orgasm. And that even if I could last as long as I wanted during intercourse, that wouldn't mean that my partners would necessarily enjoy the sex or experience pleasure. And so that really led me. Um, down the path of, of further research and ultimately becoming a psychotherapist and a sex therapist. But I can tell you that it really just began with uh, my own sense of being a sexual outsider. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, yeah, I, I love that you also use the word early ejaculate. There's like premature and then there's, there's uh, early ejaculate because the premature to me seems like such a, um, it's like such a story that people are kind of uh, taking on for themselves or like it, it kind of puts them in a box, like there's something wrong with you and that there's like one way for this to be. Is there, can you explain a little more about that? Like what the, why you chose the word early? Um, you know, word choices are interesting. Sometimes I will actually use the word uh, premature, but lately I've been using early more, you know. Um, at one point we talked about erectile dysfunction as impotence. And today we actually talk about erectile dysfunction as uh, erectile unpredictability. So I think in general, it's about um, uh, language moving away from just uh, a clinical or scientific diagnosis and trying to be normalizing and uh, non-judgmental and language that's a little um, flexible. Mm -hmm. And that's hard because sex therapy... uh, you know, really grew out of um, a sort of scientific research and data. So it's about the language just um, becoming more flexible to describe human experience and and less stigmatizing. Mm-hmm. I I try not to say 
dysfunction, even when people are talking about erectile issues, I always kind of go in that direction because there's some shame that can be felt with an impotence, even, even yeah, way, way off. I feel like we are, this is a revolutionary age with feeling more comfortable about whatever's happening. And, um, I love this next question that we're going to ask you because, well, the title of your book is amazing. She comes first. And also I am obviously a vulva owner. And so I relate to this and would love to hear what you have to say about why do you think it's so important for vulva owners to come first? Um, well, I think in general, I mean, you know, lately there's been a lot of research and science uh, talking about the uh, orgasm gap between men and women. I think certainly, um, um, well, at least, you know, if we don't factor in uh, the side effects of antidepressants, which can really you know, delay arousal and delay ejaculation in men. I think that a lot of men can tend to get uh, aroused more quickly uh, than their female partners. They don't necessarily require um, the same kind of a um, foreplay or psychological stimulation or the same reduction of uh, inhibitors in the sexual environment. And so I think it's it's easy for men and women um, uh, to get out of pace in terms of their arousal arcs. I think also, um, you know, um, as we said, the clitoris is the powerhouse of the female orgasm and responds to persistent stimulation more than, um, you know, any kind of penetration of the vagina. And there is actually, uh, I don't know if you've covered this, I'm sure in, in your podcast before, but there is actually what's called a clitorovaginal distance, the, dif- the distance between the glands of the clitoris um, and the vaginal entrance. Mm-hmm. And so depending upon that distance, that can really make a huge difference in whether a woman is going to experience persistent clitoral stimulation and, and pleasure. It's, it can be any, the variation can be anywhere from, you know, two to five centimeters. And so if the CVD, the clitoral vaginal distance, uh, is particularly great, uh, it's possible that all penetrative thrusting in the vagina will not produce any real clitoral stimulation. So um, for those two reasons, I think it's um, a, a good idea for, uh, in general, for, for men to often uh, pleasure their partners first. We also know that many women, unlike men, have a, have a genuine organic innate capacity for multiple orgasms. So just because she comes first doesn't mean that's the only, um, you know, orgasmic experience as part of the the sexual event. So, um, you know, and I've also found as a sex therapist, frankly, um, many men suffer from um, performance anxiety and that performance anxiety can really uh, affect um, the ejaculatory latency time, which would have caused someone to ejaculate early or lead to erectile unpredictability. And so when, I think when a partner has the experience of um, pleasuring their partner and knowing that their partner has had a a pleasurable sexual experience, it just takes some of the anxiety off and uh, can can allow him to enjoy and participate more fully in the sex. I don't think of it as a rule, she comes first. Um, I don't have any rules, but I think it can often be a good idea. Well, I, and I could say for as a as a vulva owner that um, that my body 
generally it takes a, a fair amount of time to warm up as compared to the penises I'm using. We had this sexological with. body oh, yeah. worker. Oh yeah, you're DTF. And we both, <laughs> yes. And then, when you were saying that, I was laughing inside because yeah. I didn't want it because it was not a laughable moment. But Amy and I both had um, some work done. She was on our podcast, uh, Dolly. And so she uh, did some... Uh, body work on me. It was my first time. And she said the way my clitoris was positioned on my vulva and then also my vaginal opening, like she's like, Oh, it's you're really always close. down to yeah. fuck, aren't you? Yeah. And I was like, yes, I am. And then Amy, she was like, Oh, you're, it just takes like you a long time. Like your clitoris is like a whole different world. Like it's, you know, my clitoris <laughs> is much higher up than for my vaginal opening. April's yeah. is like more centrally located there. Um, and she's, and you say it's your, your warm-up is, I mean, it still takes you some time, but it it's takes, usually but a lot, probably less than most people, yeah. but I don't, everybody's so different, but I know that, uh, from even a young age, I think wherever my clitoris is positioned, just rubbing on anything was like, yeah, stuffed just, animals. Yeah. Anything, <laughs> anything. I was like, ah. so, yeah. um, it was a great moment and we've had, uh, Emily Nagowski as well, who, uh, you know, has great research and work behind the vulvas and, and their capacity to do so many amazing mm-hmm. things. And, and they're all like fingerprints, right? Mm-hmm. So there's no rule to anyone's vulva or yeah. vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, and speaking of Emily's work, you know, just the different, the fact that so many men fall into a, a kind of a spontaneous desire model mm-hmm. and are highly reactive to sexual cues and can really process arousal so quickly and that many women, especially in long-term relationships, are in more of a responsive desire model, which means they need to really percolate and simmer those sexual cues over a longer period of time. I think that's what often leads to that orgasm gap where, mm-hmm. you know, guys can really just sort of get out of the gate very quickly and sort of rush towards that destination. So again, you know, she comes first isn't a rule, but it it's kind of a nice little sort of a uh, philosophy that kind of mm. works. My uh, current partner read your book um, like a year or two ago and said it was revolutionary. And I can just tell you, he's an amazing lover. And, <laughs> and as someone who is one of the, those folks who is, um, I'm more, I describe myself as more energetic. Um, so that's also responsive to, um, I'm really, my turn on is very, it's not just by seeing a naked body. It's not just by, you know, it does, it's not like I just walk down the street and I'm horny all of a sudden. It's very much reacting to the energy and the environment that either I'm creating within my own body or with, or my partner's creating, or we're creating together. Um, and, um, and she's he's, a Rubik's cube. Ian, I'm a, okay? I'm a, no. <laughs> but someone's got to crack me. No, <laughs> but I could say, I'm, I'm pretty sure your book probably had a lot to do with, um, with him being able to just show up with as like such a giver. Um, and, uh, and, and that can create safety for me. My body can relax. I know we're not in a rush that, um, and it's not like it's, he's trying to get, get me to do this so that he can feel better. Like he generally loves giving the pleasure and, and, um, and then also knows the value in it of what that will do for in terms of my own arousal too. And then the places that we can go after that. Um, I think that that's incredible. And you know, what's so funny that she comes first is um, guys read it so closely. Like mm-hmm. they, they read it like, the <laughs> <laughs> like I was still like, even a couple of days ago, like there's one misprint in the book that I've never been able to fix or I always forget to fix, um, which is I say, instead of licking uh, when applying cunnilingus on the vulva, licking um, up to down, I think it says down to up. Uh-huh. And it's like, it's that one little thing where it just says down to up. And I swear it's embedded in so much dense text and directions and tips and techniques. And 
you don't know how often a guy will say, hey, I'm page like 236. You said down to up. What were you getting at there? Is there something that I'm missing? And I'm just like, no, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that you're reading it so closely. It's just yeah. a misprint. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, just change the direction. Try multiple ways. Yeah. You can go left to right sometimes yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your partner's no, no ABCs. Like, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, Wait they're they're gonna call me like shit. I've been doing it wrong. No, there's no wrong. Um, so with that, what would be some of your top tips for what we'll call vulva admirers, the folks who want to up their pleasure game? You said um, that down to up versus up to down. Um, but what you know, and just kind of like the clip notes version of some of the top recommendations that you would share. Yeah, and, uh, and she comes with Scott, you know, and you got to remember that book was actually written in 2002, published in 2004. So the dude that's like correcting me on my misprint, he's done a more recent read of that book than <laughs> I have. But, you know, I think, you know, a couple of core principles in the book. One was that um, direct stimulation of the vulva, whether it's manual stimulation or oral stimulation, I really wanted to encourage partners, um, male or female, but generally male, um, to think of... Um, to think of that direct stimulation, not so much as foreplay as something that happens right at the start. I think a lot of guys think of, and this comes a lot from porn, just think, think of oral sex as sort of like the first thing you do. And in actuality, uh, a lot of women will say, you know, if it's too early in the process, that kind of stimulation just is intense, uncomfortable, irritable, sort of provokes the nervous system in uncomfortable ways. So I actually, I think I, I coined it core play instead of foreplay, like moving like that kind of direct stimulation of the genitals um, much later in the arousal process and focusing more on um, above the waist stimulation, different kinds of kissing and touch. I'm a huge fan of um, psychological stimulation or what's mm -hmm. called psychogenic stimulation. I, you know, a pet peeve of mine, every couple that I work with on sex therapy, I often, the first thing I ask them during a session is to tell me about the last time they had sex. Mm. Um, you know, that, that'll be a, a question. I'll say, tell me about the last time you had sex. And so often what I get is just kind of a menu of physical behaviors um, as opposed to any kind of like psychological behavior or any kind of like psychological or erotic connection. And we know for a fact that many women can fantasize them, fantasize their way very close to orgasm, in some cases, even to orgasms. When I'm working with men who have erectile unpredictability and I'm trying to discern if it's organic and physiological or psychological, I'll often ask them to, um, mask, to, to watch porn without touching themselves mm -hmm. and to tell me how long it takes for them to get a full usable erection. And for most guys, it's like two to three minutes they have a usable erection. So I feel like couples in their actual sex lives are really losing the importance of that psychological arousal. Mm -hmm. So I often really get my couples that I work with to get really psychologically engaged during sex. That could mean sort of face-to-face -face stimulation in the form of uh, fantasizing, role-playing, sharing sexual talk and dialogue with each other. Or it can be side by side, like watching some great couples porn, some great ethical porn, listening to an erotica podcast or 
um, you know, reading erotica. So I'm all about like sort of adding like a new prologue that leads up into any kind of um, oral sex. Um, other tips, you know, I think during oral sex, um, a, a woman really leads, a female partner really leads in a lot of ways in terms of uh, the kind of friction and pressure and the area of the uh, vulva that she wants stimulated. So I think very often, like I have um, a technique and she comes first, I call it um, a gum press where a guy sort of just uh, almost like Elvis Presley snarling, just sort of offers up his gum as sort of um, a hard surface mm. that a woman can just sort of press her clitoris into and the area just uh, the front commissure, the area that's just above uh, the glands of the clitoris or the, the head of the clitoris. Um, and so I think, you know, thinking of oral sex as a, a dance in which a woman can really lead um, I think also remembering that so much of pleasure and particularly experiencing orgasm is about being able to, um, drop down into kind of almost like a trance-like mm. state, you know, where you're not thinking, you're not working. And that means, um, um, consistency and persistence and, so maybe not a lot of change or not a lot of variation when something's working, particularly as a, a guy's female partner is getting closer to orgasm, like stick with what's working, like a kind of a less is more, a less showy approach uh, on the whole. You know, I think, you know, when you look at arousal, there's definitely a period of arousal where, where we're really turning on. And we want excitement and we want connection and we want novelty and we want excitement. But then there's a point where we go from turning on to kind of turning off and losing ourselves, you know, mm -hmm. and becoming sort of a, the technical word would be entrainment, where we're getting into a kind of rhythmic entrainment. Um, so I think you have to be conscious of sort of the structure of an arousal arc. And uh, it's not just what you're doing with your mouth or your hands or your penis. It's really, uh, and it's not even just, you know, how you're doing it. It's really when you're doing it in the process of the arousal cycle. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast is made possible by OMGS.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made tasteful and inspiring short videos to show you techniques on how to pleasure yourself or another vulva. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and has changed their lives. So for all you vulva owners or vulva lovers out there who may already be having good orgasms and you want to take it to the next level, or perhaps you want to explore more variety in your playtime, OMGS will have something just for you. With two seasons, one all about internal and the other all about external techniques, it's better than any book or DVD money can buy. To learn more, visit omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off. Check it out. 
This podcast was also made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant great for all kinds of sex. It's less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are hundreds of doctors who recommend Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks who are experiencing dryness. You never knew lube could be this good. So whether you're an avid lube lover or you've never used lube before, Uber Lube is right for you. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on the body. Uber Lube has endless uses. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth right before an oral sex session, and it totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's gorgeous. It's totally discreet and looks more like a beautiful cosmetic product, so you can even leave it on your nightstand shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com. Use code SHAMELESSSEX and you get 10% off and free shipping. That's uberlube.com. Go check it out. And now back to the show. When you talked about the conscious entrainment, is that something uh, that you can shift by tapping into your body? Is that one you just get in your head and, or is it, I, I don't know scientifically what, what it's caused because there is, I've experienced uh, extreme pleasure, especially with cunnilingus. And then all of a sudden it'll like switch off and, and I feel like it's, it's a head thing. And do you have any kind of, um, uh, suggestions when that conscious entrainment happens. Now I'm going to use that. I'm like, I'm consciously entraining myself <laughs> right now. Damn it. Um, you know, there was a study done where uh, I think it was in Holland and uh, this may have come up in, in previous podcasts, but um, uh, the, the researchers put women in fMRI scanners and had them masturbate and wanted to see what was happening in the brain. And parts of the brain that were very much associated with like genital stimulation really lit up and like the brain was really getting lit up. But the more aroused a woman was getting at a certain point, a part of the brain that was really associated with sort of outside activity, outside stressors, uh, the amygdala and the limbic system really started to deactivate and go dark. And so it was almost like you had to like turn on to turn off. And uh, I guess your question, uh, April, is like, what are the characteristics of sort of being able to get into that turned off state? And what uh, can you do? Yeah, to kind of switch, switch back to the turn on state, or can you? Well, I think what happens is you, you get very, very, very turned on. And then at a certain point, you really sort of get very absorbed in the sex that you're having. And if what you're doing is uh, relaxing, pleasurable, uh, rhythmic. You don't have to suddenly think about a new position or how you're doing. You know, your brain actually goes into a, um, you start to access routines that are stored in a part of your brain that's like more unconscious. It's like, think about it. Like if you're driving, you, you both live in Santa Cruz, you both drive, like, mm -hmm. right? Like mm -hmm. you can probably drive from point A to point B without even thinking about it, without even remembering anything about the drive, except that you started at point A and you started at point B. Your brains are act, accessing very familiar routines that, that help you. Now, if you were to suddenly come to New York City and drive in the middle of traffic, like you'd be scanning your environment. You'd be thinking all the time. Um, I think that sex is a little bit like that drive in Santa Cruz. 
It can begin, trust me, it can begin super exciting. There can be a lot to look at, a lot to do, a lot to steer, a lot to navigate, but for sex to work, to sort of transition into that absorbed state of entrainment, you have to access familiar routines. You can't be thinking about the sex that you're having. You can't be wondering about your performance. You can't be trying something new or a new position. So it's A, it's having good familiar routines with your partner that you know work and when to sort of um, enter into those routines. It's about, when I say getting turned on, it's also about getting your mind sort of almost like mindfully aroused in, a, in the present, whether you're really aroused by the body that's sort of you're connecting with, or you're really aroused by the fantasy that you're watching, or you're really aroused by the, um, you know, fantasy that you're, you're, you're thinking about, um, you want to get those, those high levels of um, arousal, and then you want to be able to like transition into that more entrained translate trance-like state. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that sort yeah, of answers yeah. the question in any way, but. No, and what came to mind is you were saying that for me, I could speak with, with my arousal. It's almost like, I feel the arousal kind of building up, but it's lie. And like, there's a, there's a little bit there and maybe my mind comes in and out and comes in and out. And then all of the sudden over time, something kind of clicks and I can feel like, there it goes. It's like, and, and part of my mind leaves, my mind comes off. It's all sensation and feeling. And I'm, you know, staying in, in my body and focused on just the, what is happening in the sensations in here. And then it just does its thing. Like, it's just, it's like this, this program that needs me to get out of my own way for it to, to drop in there. And part of it is from also having the experience of what that feels like beforehand. Um, and, and so I get my, my question for you with that is um, two parts. I think it's really hard for all people to get out of their own way. You know, their minds go, it's just what the mind does. Um, so for Volvo owners who have a difficult time receiving, getting out of their own way, if there's any tips to that, which you just kind of shared. Um, and then also, how would you suggest a Volvo owning individual who wants their their vulva admiring partner to read your book. And um, this is a question we get a lot from listeners. How do I talk to my partner about this? You know, I don't want to tell them I think they're a terrible lover. How do I request that they maybe learn more about this to uh, amp up our sex life? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good question, right? Like most of the time when we talk about sex, it's a very vulnerable topic. And we don't necessarily have as much emotional safety with our partner around those topics. And it's easy to either be triggered and become defensive or to uh, trigger someone's defenses. And how do we not trigger each other's defenses and escalate, uh, but get back to the vulnerable place? Um, You know, here's my, my short answer, which is I don't like... When I'm working with couples, I like to get them from a place or individuals of talking about a sexual problem to talking about a sexual solution. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I want great talk about the problem, talk about like how your partner isn't a good lover, or whatever you're, he or she is not doing, but then start to tell me about the solution that you think. And you know, the solution is positive, and then the solution can actually start to become sexy if you describe it, right? If you stop describing all the terrible ways that your partner makes love to you and you start describing um, the ways you really want to be made love to, the ways you really want to have sex, 
you're actually starting to engage like the language of sex. And that is in itself sexually arousing. So I always tell people like, figure out what the problem is, figure out where you're disturbed, but then present it to your partner almost in the form of like a fantasy. You can say, you can go to your partner and say, I had the sexiest dream about you last mm -hmm. night. And I don't know, I don't know what my unconscious was, uh, what was up with my unconscious, but we were doing some really hot things. And, you know, hopefully you have a partner that's curious and gets engaged. And then you start to describe, like, hopefully the kind of sex that you want, mm -hmm. um, whether it's more oral sex or different positions or different types of foreplay or, you know, so that would sort of be my approach to, mm -hmm. to talking about um, sex with a partner. Mm -hmm. I like that. It feels, uh, yeah. So it's, it's like, you're still, you're still they're talking about the like, here's There's some, some stuff that's missing here. You're at least acknowledging that, but you're reframing the conversation to be about what it is that you want and desire. And yeah, you can throw it in with like, or you could even probably like, Hey, I listened to this podcast and there was this guy, Ian Kerner, PhD who wrote a book and I was hearing all these things. I got kind of turned on when I was listening to that. And he talks about these techniques. I'm wondering if maybe we could try them. If you'd be open to learning about that, you know, it, it might be, I mean, I would, I would be sold on that one. <laughs> Totally. You know, it's honestly why I still even talk about like um, my issues with premature ejaculation, because I feel like it just sort of like normalizes that we all have struggled or struggle with um, sexual issues. And uh, sometimes people will even say like, yeah, I heard this guy on this podcast and um, he had, you know, all these issues and then this was the solution. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think the work that you got that, that you're doing with podcasts is great because anytime I do a podcast, I definitely always hear people, you know, people come back to me and say, Hey, I heard you on that podcast. Mm -hmm. and I, you know, I liked what you had to say. Yeah. yeah. I think getting out the, the piece that always is, that's my issue in life is getting out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And especially sometimes when I am in a sexual experience with my partner, I, I can tell I'm like, Oh, I'm already in my own way. I'm not going to orgasm. And then I just keep that like story going on in my head. And I'm like, I need to just tap in to what's, what, what is actually happening to my body. And, uh, I think that a lot of times with vulva owners too, there's at least, and I, I won't speak for everyone, but I can tell you that I have all of this, um, anxiety and, uh, sort of, I, I guess it would be shame because sometimes the lubrication can't happen for me naturally. And that's something that my partner has ingrained into his head, into his being that because I'm not lubricated, I don't want to have sex with him. So then I get in my head about that. And I'm like, Hey, Volvo owners out there, everything shifts and changes. And that's something that's been a challenge for me as I'm getting older. I'm like, damn it. Like is, but that could shift too. When I'm 45, I could start getting super wet. So I don't know. I, I want people out there to understand that like it's arousal is so much like a part of your brain to your connecting to your nerves, right? Yeah. And you know, like um, you've had Emily Nagoski on, she talks a lot about this, your brain and your body, like aren't always connected, especially during sex. I mean, you could be for some reason in for, for any reason, you could be very, very lubricated. Um, but that doesn't mean you're at all turned on or you're interested in sex. And, you know, I work with so many men who feel so much desire in their head, uh, but they just, that desire can't just uh, get expressed or manifested, you know, in their genitals, but they're really turned on. Mm -hmm. um, 
their partners often think they're not turned on. Their partners often think, you know, what's wrong with you or, you know, what's wrong with me? But like, yes, we do have to accept um, that there is often a disconnect um, sexually between our minds and our bodies. And that I think especially any kind of anxiety about sex, performance anxiety, starting to think about sex, starting to worry about a problem like that just becomes such a, a self-feeding sort of mm-hmm. vicious cycle. Yeah. Uh, um, the downward spiral. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or the rabbit hole. And I talk about that all the time. It's just sometimes uh, it's hard because you do just get stuck in it. So I'm happy that you came on the show. Mm-hmm. This was such an incredible interview. And thank you for sharing all of your knowledge. And you have a lot of other books uh, as well. Can you tell people out there if they want to work with you or find you or buy one of your books or all of your books and, and, uh, meet up with you and I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And I really appreciate the kind words. And, um, you know, I hope that there's some good information in this that um, can come across. Um, uh, People can find me at my website, iankerner.com. The book I'm most proud of so far is She Comes First. Uh, There was a a follow-up book called He Comes Next, which was uh, retitled in... um, paperback. It was called Passionista. Mm. And I'm kind of proud of that book too. And those are the two that I would focus on. I have a new book that's going to be coming out um, uh, probably early 2021 called So Tell Me About the Last Time You Had Sex. Mm. Uh, And I'm really proud of that. I feel really good about the research, the science, uh, some of the concepts that we talked about today, along with techniques are really baked in there. And um, yeah, I don't do the whole, I don't do a lot of social media or anything like that. It's just not so good for my head personally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say just anybody can always email me uh, mm-hmm. through my website. Mm-hmm. And you can buy She Comes First at purepleasureshop.com as well. Yep, they so, have it there as well. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's a great And uh, probably from your, your, do you sell it directly on your website as well? She Comes no, First? No, I don't, no. but okay. I'll link to your website. And oh, cool. Oh, your website. Yeah. You support my mom. That is <laughs> mother-daughter sex shop. <laughs> well, Ian, absolutely such a pleasure. And just uh, really so happy that you came on our show. So thank you yeah, for your time. You. And to all of our beautiful listeners out there, you all come first in my book, right? So uh, if you are in isolation or maybe you're not at this point, some people may not be. I hope everyone's staying safe and healthy. Why don't you check out a glass of wine, whether you're outside or inside, wherever you are, from marginswine.com. She makes beautiful wines, as Amy and I have been experiencing what now for two years. So go to marginswine.com. There's some coupon codes on our website. And I believe if you buy six bottles, you'll save you'll just save money. Six by 12, <laughs> by 12, you'll save more money. Okay. So go get the code so online. Go get yeah. the code. All right, y'all. Uh, we love you. And Amy and I thank you for being part of the shameless sex revolution. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next Tuesday and maybe next Friday. We'll see. <laughs> love you. Ciao for now. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code shamelesspp in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.